Okay, I think I am live now. Let me get this out of the way. Yeah, so we're live here. Uh, thank you guys. Welcome back to another live stream here. Peace, Skin Addicts. Um, first, let me start off by apologizing for yesterday. Um, was planning to go live yesterday. Had some te technical difficulties. Uh, got everything sorted out. So we're back today. Um, we're going to be covering some draft prospects. Uh, the three that I have on the thumbnail. Uh, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and then the big tight end, Dalton Kincaid. So I'm going to go over those three. Um, I'm going to continue doing more live streams to cover uh, more prospects as uh, we get closer to the draft. But those are the three that I wanted to cover. I think those guys have a – all of them have a pretty good chance of uh, becoming uh, Chargers, um, especially if the Chargers keep that 21st pick, I think – all of those guys have a, a, a very good um, opportunity to uh, be Los Angeles Chargers by the end of the month. So I'm going to start off with those three. And then um, as we go on, I'll cover more prospects. And then uh, eventually I move to the defensive side of the ball as well, too. Um, there's a bunch of prospects who have a good chance of being Chargers there, too. So uh, I'm going to cover um, as many prospects as I can before the draft happens. But just want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, chat, what's up? Everybody, what's going on? Uh, Matt, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so we're, let's 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 get started here. Number one, um, we're going to start first with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, um, that situation has continued to um, devolve, and uh, it's it's been something. It's been a sight to see. Um, I, I can't say that I'm surprised, but I, I am a, I am a little bit. I, I'm a little bit surprised the way that this this thing has been um, going. I'm surprised the way that it's turning out. Um, I'm surprised at the the public stance that Austin Eckler has been taking. Um, it, it's it seems like it's a little out of character for him. Uh, you don't you you normally don't hear him talk about things like this. Um, you know he he's normally a guy that's you know he a team guy, right? Every time you hear him speak, it's, it's, you know, something positive and, you know, he has his own podcast, his own, uh, uh, fantasy football podcast where he, he talks about fantasy football and stuff like that. You never really hear this side of Austin Eckler though. Um, I will say though, he's not doing himself any favors at all. He's not garnering any support from the fans. He's not garnering any support from the front office. Um, what he's doing right now is, is it, it's something that I would not recommend. Um, if you're going to take the stances that you're going to take, uh, as far as contract goes, right. Everybody knows that, right. We understand the NFL is a business. We've seen players do it before. Um, this is posturing that players do all the time. So I don't think that, that it's, I don't think it's a big deal within itself, right. The, the contract demands and all of that stuff. I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it will get resolved one, one way or another. Um, but he seems to be coming out and throwing, you know, gasoline on the fire every couple of weeks when he's doing his uh, podcast appearances. And to me, I, I, I think he's boxing himself into a corner and I think he's putting pressure on the Chargers to trade him. And I, I, I don't know if that is going to be the best uh, solution for him, uh, because if the Chargers won't pay him, what other team will? Um, this is going to be a, a, a pretty decent running back draft here coming up. There's also a couple of other running backs that are still out on the market as far as free agency goes. And when you look at 
the deals that the running backs have been getting, uh, not just this past year, but over the past five years, right? Um, that market is steadily declining. So his leverage has never been lower right now. Um, he's still under contract for another year uh, with the Chargers. So uh, to me, it just doesn't really seem smart what he what he's doing right now. Now, to get into the particulars of it, right, this was a serious XM interview. Um, I can't remember exactly the the uh, publication it, it, it was or what the name of the 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 uh, uh, exact station was. I can't remember it. Um, and honestly, it really doesn't matter. But that's where Eckler had this interview. And when I, I was writing some notes down, I was very, very uh, surprised. Like I haven't I've heard little the, the, the snippets. Right. I haven't heard the full thing. Um, and usually I like to hear something in, in full before I come out and judge it. But the statements that he made right just in the clips that I heard, um, it not it's just not great. It, it's honestly not great. So he says he, he describes returning to the Chargers next season as the worst case scenario. Um, that is not great. <laughs> That's not going to go over well. Not going to go over well with 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 the team. It's not going to go over well with. The front office, right? And and it, when I say team, I'm I'm talking about the franchise, right? I don't I don't think the guys in the locker room are too in, impacted by this. Um, I don't think they care, right? Either, either way, I'm sure they like to have him back. But if he goes somewhere else, I'm sure they'd be cool with it too. So you know, most of these guys are minding their own business. They're minding their own money. That's that's typically how it goes uh, in the locker room. But when he describes it as a worst case scenario, I mean, I can think of a lot of other different scenarios uh in the nfl right that are are more quote-unquote worst case than than playing for the chargers next season um under a new you know offensive coordinator as well too one of the best in the league right as far as the stats go as far as yards points per game all of that stuff goes right you're playing for one of the best offensive coordinators offensive play callers in the league um there are worse situations to be in right and he just described this just basically off of his contract and i think if you are one of his representatives, right? If you're a representative of Austin Eckler, if you're his agent, if you, you know, work for, you know, maybe his, his, uh, uh maybe has a publicist, a, a manager or something like that. I would tell him to, to, to relax a little bit, chill out with the interviews because he's not doing himself any favors. And especially in this market, right. Where he is talking about, you know, doubling what he's making, right talking about getting $12 million a year or, or, or somewhere um, in that ballpark. It's going to be very hard for him to do that when he's coming out and making these statements like this, right? Now, obviously, the Chargers are not going to pay him regardless, right? And he knows this. I, I think that's why he's doing, uh, you know, these interviews. He knows that the Chargers are not going to pay him. But I, I just don't think he's going to be able to bully himself into – a favorable contract. He, he's just not going to be able to do that. You cannot, you have no leverage. Running backs have no leverage, right? And I bring up Kansas City all the time, and I bring up Isaiah Pacheco all the time. That guy was a seventh-round draft pick, and, you know, he is going to be the starting running back for the uh, uh, Chiefs, right, who are just coming off of another Super Bowl win. Got him in the seventh round. Um, what incentive do teams have to pay running backs big money? It, they don't have it, they really don't have any. They don't have an incentive to pay running backs that big money. So I just don't think he's doing himself any favors. Um, he 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 just he seems disgruntled, um, and he's trying to keep his cool about it. And I think you know, in theory, yes, that that's the way that I would handle it if I was being asked these questions. But I think the smart thing to do is just avoid the questions altogether. 
um, you know, just avoid it. Just avoid it altogether. We see guy, we see the contract stuff happen all the time, but I think this is different because a lot of players really don't speak out on it in, in, until there is a resolution. It like you know coming up right, or a, a resolution has been made right. It's been resolved. Everything is resolved. Now you can come out and talk about what you were uh, disgruntled about and all of that stuff, right? Because it's different, right? It's different. You can go and you're you're kind of just you know rehashing things that happen, right? But the resolution has already been put in place, right? The problem has been solved. Uh, for this, Austin Eckler is creating a bigger problem. So for me, I I, I just think he needs to stay away with it. I, I he just needs to stay away from it altogether. Um, top flight. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on, brother? X not doing himself any favors with these interviews. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm saying the same thing, man. It's. It's just. He's not. It, it, this is not a. A. He's trying to be professionally disgruntled, and to me, like once you draw that line in the sand, there really is no coming back from it, right? Whether or not you're professional about it. Uh, if you describe going back to the team that that you know pretty much overpaid you, right? Because think about when Austin Eckler signed that extension, whenever it was three years ago, right? The Chargers took care of him. That that was a pretty good deal for a guy who was undrafted, right? That was a pretty good deal. And at that point, right, Eckler was you know the 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 spell back right behind a uh, uh, Melvin Gordon um, when all that stuff went 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 off the rails as well too. So um, he had not proven himself up until that point. And, uh, you know, I think the Chargers took care of him. They didn't have to give him that much money um, at that point, but they did. They took care of him. And now, you know, if he comes back and if he plays out this contract, uh, it's a $24 million contract and he's going to get every single penny of that. So that's not a bad deal. It's not a, not a bad deal, especially when you play the running back position. Um, in today's NFL, if you're a running back, you know that you're not going to make as much money as you could have, right, if you were a running back in 2005. 2006 or whatever you know you're just you're going to leave money on the table because running back the position has been devalued altogether so when you're looking at a guy like Eckler you have to you absolutely have to be self-aware and know the position that you play does not garner that much money right and it sucks should it yes it should but it's just not the position that it used to be teams are not paying the the premium money that they used to pay running backs so for, he's doing a little bit too much for me. I, I think if he is, if, if he continues to do this, the Chargers are going to have to trade him. Uh, this is going to be an issue that can really, really fester uh, until the season starts. So another thing from the interview, right? I thought that that was interesting. He said, he basically said that the Chargers are done. They're pretty much done talking with him. They're done negotiating with him. That to me sounds like they've had enough, right? They've, they've they've either had enough, his demands are too much, right? Where they can't even negotiate, right? Because if you're negotiating um, in good faith, right, and on good terms, um, normally you know sides can negotiate for a long time, right? And and there's typically some movement, you know, one way or another, right? Uh, I, I find it very very uh, interesting that the Chargers have said, you know, we're just not going to talk about this anymore. Because they feel like his salary demands are too much, and honestly, it's the right move to make. It's it's it's, it's the right move to make to me. It, it it really is. It's the right move to make. We can't make any more. We can't make any more progress with you because you want too much money. At the end of this contract, uh, you're going to be 28 years old. 
right? We know what the running back market is when when guys are older. Um, it's just not in your future. And I, I I don't I don't know if if he has the best. Um, I don't know if his people have the you know the his his best interest in mind with this. Um, for him to be getting six million dollars this year. Uh, and you know, he is only 28 and he hasn't had more than, you know, 205 carries or something in the season. So he's pretty fresh, right? I think any team would love to have this guy back, uh, maybe, you know, another two year, $12 million deal or something like that. Right. I think he can do that. I think the chargers would, would, would be okay doing that as well too. But because he's doing so much talking, I, I, I think he's a guy that they might want out of the building. So, this is going to be very, very interesting going forward. Uh, this is going to be a story that continues, continues to to move and continue to have legs because this this is just um, it's something that is very, very uh, it, it's moving slowly. Right. Eckler is not going nuclear, but he is making statements that I, I, the organization can't be pleased with it. Um, let's see. Uh, Craig says the news that the team has been offering him as an extension. Uh, slash more money since last year also points to the fact that stories on these contracts come from both sides. Yeah, 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 they do. And it, it's it's posturing, right? It's posturing. This is um, th this is like the politic section of the NFL, right? Because they come out and they give all of these uh, they give all of these news clippings to the press, right, to make you know, a player look bad or to make a player look good or if the player side is trying to make him look good. This is very interesting. And I, I think, and that's why I think Eckler is making a big mistake here because people know now that the running back position has been devalued. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody is okay with it, but the style of play that most teams play in the NFL, um, you know, going down the field, throwing the ball a bunch of times, right? Especially the way that the Chargers play, throwing the ball as much as they do. And I know Eckler's a good, you know, receiver out of the backfield and stuff, but most people are resigned to the fact that the running back market is not what it used to be, and they know this. So when you're looking at a, a, a situation, right, even take it back a few years ago, like a Le'Veon Bell, he screwed himself out of money. And did he have a lot of public support? Yes, he did. And I remember he did. He had a lot of public support. A lot of people were going to bat for him and this and that. The Steelers, they uh, offered him that, um, well, uh, I, I think it was like a, was it 12 million, 11 or $12 million um, as far as the uh, franchise tag. He didn't sign it. He took that year off. Uh, then he ended up signing a, a, a pretty good deal with the Jets, uh, but he didn't make all of that money. He did get cut um, and he, he left money on the table pretty much. And so when you look at it, if you look at Le'Veon Bell today, and if you could probably talk to him. That wasn't the right decision to make. You took a year off. Um, you take a year off from football, really in any position, right? You get forgotten. You're, you're forgotten about. Nobody remembers you. Nobody really cares. And especially the way that good running, there's like four to five good running backs every single year that come in in the draft, at least four to five good running backs. So if four to five good running backs are coming in every single year and you're a guy feels like you should be paid the top of the market and you take a year off, right? Somebody's going to come in and take your spot. And that's essentially what happened to Le'Veon Bell, right? Not saying, uh, you know, per se in Pittsburgh, but the league knows that you can get a quality running back deep in the draft, sometimes even undrafted as well. So to to really play this, this political game and this posture game, 
to me is not smart because everybody's every most NFL fans know running backs don't get paid. So when you put out all this stuff and when you're Eckler and you come out, you do all these interviews, to me, it 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 doesn't do him any good because yes, we can agree with him in principle, but we know the business. We know the business of the league, right? Everybody here who who watches my videos, um, everybody here who's in the chat, right? We all know the business of the league. We all know running backs don't get paid, right? We see what happened, you know, to Ezekiel Elliott, right? Signed that big deal. Now he's out of a job and he hasn't signed yet. Uh, we know the business of this. So, yes, we can agree with him in principle, but at the end of the day, we're not the ones paying him, right? You have to be able to come to terms with the team that you're playing for, right? And whether that be during the season, offseason, whatever, right? But you have to have more realistic salary demands. And to 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 say, oh, you know, my numbers are on par with uh, uh, this guy and that guy, that guy, whatever, this and that, blah, blah, blah. If the team feels that you can be replaced, then you can be replaced. So to me, this is – Eckler is not doing himself any favors. Like what he's saying is is correct in principle, but this league has kind of went past that, right? We're already past that. We see running backs hold out all the time. We see them, you know, go back and forth and have this pissing contest with their teams. All We see it all the time. We see it all the time. So, again, I, I, I think everybody is so um, – everybody's so used to this now that he's not doing himself any favors. You already have the public support, bro, but we're not the ones paying you. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to go out there and be reasonable. And and that's what I would implore. If I was getting advice to these guys, I would say, Hey, just be reasonable, right? Be reasonable. You are already a running back. You came up as a running back, right? It's too late to change your position. Um, So just be reasonable, be reasonable, try to make as much money as you can, right? Be, uh, you know, be a good teammate and stuff, right? Smile a lot. Maybe you get some endorsements. You can make some other money on the side. Uh, you know, uh, that that seems maybe, you know, they, they can compensate for not getting paid, uh, you know, on their, their NFL contracts. But the running back position is just not a great position to be at if you want to make big, huge money. It's just not. It's just, it's, it's just not anymore. And uh, it, it sucks. It, it sucks, especially for a guy like Eckler. I love him. But um, this is a business, man. This is business. And he's 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 barking up the wrong tree. Uh, teams hold all the cards. He's under contract for another year. They can tag him the following season. Yeah, they can essentially use up the remainder of his prime should they feel so inclined. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, and he 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 signed that contract. And you know this this it is it is what it is, right? The Chargers took care of him on the front end, um, and you know he's performed well, so he thinks that they should make it up on the back end. But bro, like this is just it's, it's just a business. It, it really is a business. And the way that the Chargers have the way that the Chargers have cycled through running backs over, you know, what well, pretty much since LT retired or LT got cut, actually, excuse me, um, it, it's not great for him, right? Try to maximize, try to maximize what you can, um, try to negotiate in good faith, right? Try to get that extension uh, because the Chargers will move on and they will draft a running back. They've shown it, uh, did it twice, right? Ryan Matthews, um, Melvin Gordon, right? Uh, they've even at, at, at points have had other guys come in and, and, and play the, the running back position. Remember Mike Tolbert uh, was, was the starting running back for a year, right? Um, who at Jackie battle, like these, these guys, the chargers, especially Tom Telesco, he knows that the running back position is devalued. He's known this for a long time. He doesn't pay running backs. Um, so you got to know where you are. You have to be self-aware and don't let, 
your agent blow smoke up your ass. And I, I think that's what's going on here. Um, you know, people are blowing a little bit of smoke up his ass and it's, it's coming out in these interviews and it just sucks for him. I, I hope, hopefully they can come to some type of agreement. Hopefully he can be, you know, somewhat satisfied this year. But if this continues, then I, I think the chargers will cut bait with him. I think they like Bijan Robinson. Uh, he's going to be there in the draft. I don't know if he lasts till 21, but he's there. So I don't know this, this seems like this can last for a long time. It seems like this could last all summer. And especially if he's, you know, threatening to hold out and things like that, it, it, it could just be bad all the way around. So hopefully this gets resolved. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to come on here. And anytime there's news on it, I'm going to come on here and give my thoughts on the beat because it, to me, it just, <laughs> it's a weird, weird situation. Um, Austin Eckler is, is barking up the wrong tree here, but they will sooner or later, something's going to happen, right? Sooner or later, something will happen. So, um, I'm just looking forward to this being over and the chargers having, you know, some clarity on who is going to be the, the number one running back going into next season. So let's jump straight into this draft stuff. Now on the thumbnail, right? You guys seen Zay Flowers. Jordan Addison, Dalton Kincaid. I'm going to get into all of these guys. I'm going to give my thoughts and opinions on all of these because all of these guys are players who I watch during the college football season. Um, I watch a lot of college football. Like I told you guys, I'm, I'm a huge college football fan. Um, I am a USC fan, so I watched a lot of Jordan Addison. I watched a lot of Dalton Kincaid as well, too. Uh, you know, he's, he's a Pac-12 uh, player. Um, so I watched him play against USC. I watched him play against Oregon. All of these teams, right? I watched pretty much almost every Utah game as well, too. So I, I, I watching these guys play in actual games, right? Outside of just watching tape, right? I, I, I think I have a pretty good beat on um, my information and my opinion. So let's jump right into. It. So number one, I, I think I'm going to start with Zay Flowers. I'm going to start here with Zay Flowers. Um, excuse me. Zay Flowers is a guy that has been very um he he he's been a little polarizing as far as his draft prospects are concerned uh with the Chargers. Now, to me to me I like the guy, right? I I like the guy. Um I like a lot of receivers in this draft and this draft is a draft of smaller receivers, right? Outside of Quentin uh Johnson, I, there's really not that many guys who are like huge or you know the Mike Williams type of frames there's not that many guys in the draft right there's a lot of smaller shiftier speedy guys in this draft and that's not a problem right that's not an issue for the Chargers the Chargers can use one of these guys right um I like receivers all the way into the fourth and fifth rounds of this draft so I don't think that the size thing is 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 a problem uh, specifically with Zay Flowers. Now, with Zay Flowers, the one thing with him, the one thing that I like with him is his suddenness, right? That's the number one. Before I even get to, his, you know, how his height and weight and all of it, his suddenness. Watch tape. Go back, watch tape. Don't just watch highlights. Go back and actually watch tape. Pause it, right? When he is running routes, his suddenness is second to none. And he has this thing, right? When you watch film, and normally when I watch like film, right after a, a Chargers game or whatever, he has the thing that Keenan Allen has, right? When Keenan Allen is 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 running his routes, right? And I love to watch Keenan Allen run his routes 
on film, right? Especially when he is healthy and he's in his bag. Keenan Allen has the suddenness, right? He doesn't, he's not a speedy guy. We know he's not a speedster. We know he doesn't run the four, three and all of that stuff, but his suddenness at the top of his routes, it really, really puts fear into DBs. It puts fear to D. That's why Keenan Allen is always so open running a four, six or whatever he runs. That's why he's always so open. His suddenness at the top of his routes. You do not know what it's going to be. He sells his routes, right? He can sell a comeback route. He can sell a comeback route, and you can think that he's going, you know, post-corner. You can think that he's going a post, whatever. It all looks the same on film. And because he's a route technician, uh, that's really what allows him to get open, right? That's why he's going to hit 10,000 receiving yards this year, right? You would never think a guy, you know, what, third-round pick, right, running a 4-6, uh, you know, nothing to really look at physically, right? You, this guy, you know, 10 years later, 10,000 yards, right? He's going to have a legitimate shot at the Hall of Fame. Like I said, depends on how long he wants to continue playing, but he will have a legitimate shot because that's how good he is as far as his route running. Zay Flowers, though, he has that same suddenness, but he's a lot smaller than Keenan Allen, but he's also a lot faster than Keenan Allen. This right here, this guy right here can really, really blow an offense open. And it can blow the Chargers offense open as well, too. I am very, very, very curious to see what uh, Kellen Moore could get out of him if the Chargers drafted him. I'm very, 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 very curious to see what they can get out of him if they drafted him. Um, so before I get into it, let's let's, uh, let's see, hop on some uh, chats here. Have you watched any uh, Darius Davis film? Could be a perfect replacement for Carter. I have not watched uh, his film yet. I will be getting to it. Um, but maybe next week, possibly this week. Um, there's a bunch of bunch of prospects that I'm watching film on, so I haven't got to um, him yet. But I, I will. I'll, I'll be getting to him. Um, I heard the Chargers wide receiver coach was Addison coach Addison's coach at Pittsburgh, Chris Beatty. Uh, oh, oh wow, yeah. And uh, Jordan Addison actually had a local. Uh, I think it was a top the a top thirty visit with the Chargers. Um, and I heard that they, the Chargers do like him. They like drafting USC guys. They they like the connection. Um, and the, I, I also heard the Chargers really liked him all season long, too. The uh, local regional scouts, right? I mean, obviously, the Chargers are, are, are based in uh, Costa Mesa. So they were able to drive down to the Coliseum and actually watch him play a lot. So Jordan Addison, I don't think a lot of people are talking about that, but I think people need to start talking about it more. Jordan Addison is a real, real shot at 21. Um, there's a lot of mock drafts that have Jordan Addison going as low as like 30, 30, 31 or whatever. Um, he's going to be there at 21. I do believe he's going to be there at 21. I don't think he's going to be the first, uh, you know, receiver taken off the board. People have to start. They, they really, really have to start talking about it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, too, once once I uh, get to him after Zay Flowers. But there is a connection there. And, yeah, people need to start. People really, really need to start talking about what's going on with with. Uh, um, Jordan Addison and the Chargers connection because it is there. It it is there, and I would not be I would I would not be shocked or surprised at all if the Chargers took him. So yeah, um, Apex Prowler, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? Glad you were able to make it in. Sweet jumps, what's up? What's going on? Standing room only, what's good? Um, Optimus Ryan would draft flowers and project uh los 
Oh, Los Sivas in round four. Yeah, yeah. That that wouldn't be a bad. That that would not be a bad uh, combination at all. Not at all. All right. So let's jump in to uh, Zay Flowers and let, let's let's cover some of what he uh, accomplished in college and what I think he can do for the Chargers. Right, if the Chargers were to draft him. So let's jump into it right now. So Zay Flowers is he measured in at five nine, one hundred and eighty two pounds. Uh, so obviously small, right? That that's something that you can't get past. He is a small receiver, um, and you know he, he's a grown man, right? He's done all the growing that he's gonna do. Uh, you know, I I don't think he's gonna put on a lot of muscle. That's not something that you know the 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 smaller receivers do, right? I mean, he, you know, he could maybe you know five six pounds here and there, but he's gonna be a guy that's under two hundred pounds. He's gonna be well under two hundred pounds. So I don't think that that is you know a bad thing. Uh, but it's also somewhat concerning, right, to draft a small guy that high, right, especially if the Chargers are able to, to get him at 21. That That's kind of a concern there. But, uh, I mean, you know, at this point, right, that's something that you would have to address, right? You just have to cross the bridge when you get there. So um, his size is his size. He can't change it. So um, no no need in arguing about it, right? So that that is what it is. His, that's his size. Now he ran a four four two at the combine. I think a lot of people were expecting him to run a little faster. I think they were expecting his forty time to be in the four threes, and a four four two is still blazing fast. That's that's fast, guys. It's really really blazing fast speed. Um, and I, I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when when I did a a a live stream. Right, people get so caught up in the forty times at the combine, the pro days, and all of this stuff. Do not get caught up. Watch film, right? Watch your film and watch what he does, right? Speed-wise. Is he able to get behind cornerbacks? Is he able to get behind safeties? Yes, he did it consistently, right? Is he able to catch a ball, right? Is he able to catch a drag route and take it 30, 40, 50 yards? Yes, he's able to do that. He did that consistently in college as well, too. So his speed is not to be questioned. I see it on film. Uh, he clocked in at four four two, but he plays more at a four three, right? He plays. That's what he plays. He plays at a four three. Uh, so don't be, don't don't be taken aback by that. Um, I, I remember years and years ago when Deshaun Jackson was coming into the league, right? The reason why Deshaun Jackson was a second round pick is because I I think he ran like a four four five or something like that, right? People were expecting him to run like a maybe a four two or in the four threes. They were expecting him, but Deshaun Jackson went in the second round because people thought, oh, he maybe he's not as fast as we thought he was. If you watch Deshaun Jackson in college, he looked fast as hell. When Deshaun Jackson played in the NFL, he was fast as hell. And he played for a long time, too. He played for a long time, well into his 30s. And I don't even think he's officially retired yet. So that, that don't be taken aback by that. Zay Flowers is very, very, very fast, right? Very fast. And he's got enough speed to get behind any defense in the NFL. So Let's just leave it at that there. He is a very, very fast guy. And, uh, you know, you should not take anything away, nothing defining away from that 442. It's really just, you know, whatever at this point. Watch his film. You'll see his speed. Um, now, the thing I like about Zay Flowers is he played four years at Boston College. Um, and every single season, he got better, right? Now, as far as, as, far as his stats go, right, you can't, you can't bank too much on stats. Boston College is in the ACC. They are kind of a bottom of the barrel ACC team, if we're being honest, right? We know Clemson is is 
pretty much always at the top, right? Clemson and everybody else. Uh, North Carolina, they show flashes every now and then, but Clemson pretty much is the class of the ACC, right? So Boston College does not get the recruits that a Clemson does, right? So he doesn't have the supporting cast around him, right? All you want to see on tape is that this guy is getting better. Do his routes look better from his, you know, junior year to his senior year, right? Um, is he understanding coverage more, right? Is he able to diagnose coverage, right? Is he able to sit down when he sees that zone coverage, right? Or does he keep running, right? That's what you're looking to see on tape. You're not necessarily looking for him to put up the most stats and all of that stuff because, yes, it does mean something, but it doesn't mean everything, right? You want to be able to see that, that a guy is getting better, that his understanding of the game is growing every single year in college. And that's something that you can definitely say with Zay Flowers. He got better every single season. So to me, that's definitely a plus. That's something that the Chargers can use, right? A guy who has shown that he's gotten better every single season. Uh, so what does that tell you? It means he can come into the NFL, right? If he does well, his, his rookie year or not, right? But it tells you that he has the aptitude to get better, right? We know he has the physical tools, but he is getting better, right? Getting better in the classroom, right? Be, uh, be, uh, getting better in the meeting rooms. That's what you want to see. So to me, that is a, a huge plus for him. He's got better every single year in college. Something that I wanted to see uh, this se uh, this season from him, and he produced. And he did not have the best quarterback play um, in the conference or in the country by any stretch, but he was still able to get open. He was still able to show all of his abilities on tape. So I really, really like what I've seen from him um, as far as him just getting better every single year, right, from the time that he was a freshman all the way, you know, to his last game at, at, at Boston College. So he got better. He definitely got better. Um, so his stats for 2022, 78 receptions, 1,077 yards, and 12 touchdowns. 12 touchdowns is a school record, too. So when you're looking at this guy, right, you're saying he really hit the peak of his powers at his senior year, right? And that's where you want a guy, right? That's where you want to draft a guy. When he's at the peak of his powers in college, right, he came in, you know, little scrawny kid, whatever, uh, got better, right, got better in the weight room, got better on the practice field, got better in the film room. So now you're drafting a guy who really is at his peak and he understands the game, right? So when you're looking at a Charger team, right, and when you're projecting if the Chargers draft him, I think Kellen Moore can do a lot with that. I honestly do. I think he can do a lot with that. And because this is going to be the first year for everybody in this offense, right? Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan. Now everybody's going to be, this is their first time in this offense, right? So I, this guy can come in and kind of be at everybody's speed because everybody else is learning this new offense as well too, right? So he can be at everybody's speed, right? He won't be behind. Um, it's not like him coming in, learning the system that everybody else already knows, right? He's not going to be behind. Everybody can learn this. Uh, kind of at the same pace, right? So, you know, your uh, rookie mini camp into training camp, OTA, stuff like that. They can all learn this offense at the same pace. So I think that that is definitely a plus. Um, and, you know, really when you're looking at all of these receivers or tight ends, right, That that's a plus. Everybody can learn at their own pace. And, uh, you know, there's not going to be, you know, a curve, right, that they have to, to, to go by, right? Everybody can learn. Everybody can learn this new offense. Um, that's one of the positives of having a new offensive coordinator in there. Everybody can learn. Uh, so again, I talked about his suddenness His suddenness is, is, is really top of the charts for me. It really, really shackles defenders. And you can see guys look scared when you pause the film, when he's at the top of his route and he's getting ready to break. Some of these defenders look like they're stuck in concrete. They don't know what to do. 
because they know he can run past them. But also, if they give him too much space, right, they give him too much space and he goes across their face, he can run past them as well, too, right, with the ball in his hands. So it really does. It shackles defenses. I like his settingness. It is it is top of the line. And once he develops more as a route runner, he's going to be a very, very, very good, good player in the NFL. Um, now, because of his size, he is going to be a primary slot receiver in the NFL, right? And that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. Um, he'll be working from the slot. Now, the one thing that I want to see from him in the NFL, and he's 5'9", 182. Uh, he actually weighs more than Jordan Addison, who is uh, like three inches taller than him. Uh, but I want to see him excel against man coverage, right? Man coverage, press coverage, right? A good nickelback coming up, trying to disrupt him and trying to get him off his route. That's what I want to see from him, right? I think that's the next step that he has to take. He has all of the tools, all of the tools to 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 do it. Um Obviously, you know, it's just about getting into a program, right? Getting reps on the practice field and being able to have, you know, that that synergy with your quarterback. If he can do that, he will be good. He will be very, very good in the NFL. But I think that's his next step. And that's the step that pretty much all of these receivers in this draft have to take, right? With the exception of maybe a few guys. They have to show that they can get off the line of scrimmage when it's press man, right? They have to show that they can get off the line of scrimmage, get their head turned around, locate the ball, make tough catches. That's one thing that all of these guys have to show, all of them. Uh, but if he gets there, right, he can really, really, really be uh, an effective weapon for the Chargers if they take him, right? Because Justin Herbert, one of the best tight – well, actually, he is the best tight window thrower in all of the league. I don't care, you know, go argue with your mom about that. Best tight window thrower there in that that's you know all 32 guys in, in, in the league. Even he even beats Mahomes at that. Um Justin Herbert can throw tight windows. It's just about getting on the same page as him. If they get on the same page, he can make these catches. We've seen him make these catches. If you watch any of his tape, he can make these tough, tough catches. So I like him. I like his contested catch radius. Uh, even for a small guy, it's really, really good. That he just gotta be able to beat press man. If he can beat press man, he's going to be a very good NFL player. Um, now, obviously, him his his size, it's, it, it goes to a natural fit, right, for the jet sweeps, right, for some of the end arounds. Um, him being in that Z position, being able to work in motion, right, um, all game long, right, and and Kellen Moore is very very good with motion. Um, he sends a lot of guys in motion, not just the Z receivers. He sends tight ends in motion. Um, Hell, he even sends the X receivers in motion sometimes. Uh, Zay Flowers, excellent in motion, obviously, because of his size. And, you know, if you are if you are in a, a planned a, a aggressive defense, press man defense, that's the way to get him up off you, right? Run him in motion. Run him in motion. Because if you run him in motion and he has a head start, nobody's going to get a hand on him. I don't care who it is. Nobody's going to get a hand on him. So that's one of the things that Kellen Moore does very, very well. He can get a lot of that out of uh, Zay Flowers. So I like that. I like his ability to work uh, from side to side, right? Be able to run routes on both sides of the field um, and being able to diagnose open areas in uh, zone coverage as well, too. So I like him, you know, doing that in that Z position. Um, now, this is the one thing that I think a lot of these receivers can do for you, uh, especially if they develop and especially if they show themselves to be playmakers. 
Uh, but I think this goes for Zay Flowers more than anybody else in this draft, really. His ability to work the slot, right? His ability to work the slot, his ability to go in motion, his ability to throw defenses off is going to help the run game because you're going to have a very, very hard time if you bring safeties up, right, to try to stop the run game. If you have single high and Zay Flowers is in the slot, right, it is literally all up to the linebacker or the nickelback who's out there to try to get hands on him to disrupt his route. It's literally up to him. If nobody gets hands on him and they don't disrupt his route, big plays will happen in single high, right? You're not, if this guy is drafted by the Chargers and if he is, you know, on the field week one, you're going to have to think long and hard before you go cover one against the Chargers. You really are. And that's something that a lot of teams played against the Chargers last year and they succeeded against uh, uh, the Chargers playing single high. They were able to bring people down to the box. They were able to try, you know, to to bring pressure from different places to confuse Justin Herbert. You have to keep your game plan a little tighter with the Zay Flowers in the slot. You have to, because if you leave that guy open or if you have a miscommunication or something like that and he's wide open, he can break it. He can take it to the house. He can give you a 40, 50, 60 yard touchdown. He did it his entire career at Boston College. He can do that. I can see him doing that in SoFi Stadium. I can definitely see that. So if you're a defense, you have to be careful with a guy like that. You have to be careful. And when you got a, a quarterback like Justin Herbert, a guy who can read defenses and does it very fast, he can spot the open man. And if Zay Flowers is one-on-one -on -one with the linebacker or somebody like that, it's a matchup nightmare. This guy can really, really break a game open with his playmaking ability. Right, especially working the slot. If he's going to be able to work the slot just as well as he did in college, it can really help the run game, right? There's going to be two safeties back. You're going to be able to run the ball whenever you want to. Then you're going to be able to take your shots and dictate from there. But his playmaking ability makes it tough. It's going to make it tough on defenses to really, really play the Chargers the way that they did last year because obviously you got a new offensive coordinator. And then with this weapon right here, uh, you know, it kind of sets the playing field straight, right? So you got to play the Chargers straight up. And that's something that I feel would, you know, obviously, obviously increase offensive output, the numbers, touchdowns, all of that stuff. Uh, just his presence there would increase that. So I like him in that role, um, you know, just just as a playmaker, right? A, a potential playmaker, somebody who you have to worry about. Now, all in all, this is this is who I want the Chargers to draft now. I know I went, I, I, I was really on Nolan Smith and I – I'm I'm off Nolan Smith now because I know that he's not going to be there, right? His performances, his uh, interviews at at the uh, combine and you know the pro day and stuff, teams are over the moon, uh, you know, over Nolan Smith. So I don't think he is going to be around. Give me Zay Flowers. I want Zay Flowers, and yes, I know he's small, but I think he works. I think he works specifically with Kellen Moore. He works specifically in this offense. And Kellen Moore can get the most out of a guy like this. This is a guy that can be a pro bowler. Um, this is a guy that can really, really break a defense down. So give me, give me Zay Flowers, man. Give me this, this is who I want. This is exactly who I want. All right. So <clears throat> let me let me get to these. Uh let me catch up in the the uh comments. Um see Gilbert Diaz says, how steep is the drop-off from round one? tight ends to round two or three the drop-off isn't that much honestly um there are guys in 
there's going to be guys, tight ends who are drafted in like the third and fourth round who are really, really good. Um, and I think some of them have a chance to be better than the tight ends, you know, the Kincaids, the um, the Michael uh, Mayers. Th- some of these tight ends are going to have more production. Uh, like a Sam Laporta, I think he's going to be very, very good. He's a pass-catching tight end. A lot of these guys, if they just end up in the right system, uh, you know, maybe like, uh, I don't know, Kansas City or Cincinnati or something, like they're going to have a huge, huge impacts um, with with the, the team that they're at. So this is a very, very deep tight end draft, very deep tight end draft. The Chargers, they, they have options late into the fourth, fifth round <clears throat> as far as tight ends go. Uh, see, Tough says, uh, Zay put on 13 pounds of muscle between the end of season and combine, still ran 442, probably a 4 3 guy, not reality. Oh, yeah, easy, 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 easy 4 3, um, easy speed, too. Easy, everything that he does looks fluid, and he doesn't look like a track guy playing football, he looks like a fast football player, and that's the one thing that I got watching tape with him. He's running past people. And to me, like, like I said, it's it's the, the Deshaun Jackson thing. Four four two is that there's a lot of guys that run four four two, but when you put the pads on and when you're consistently running past people, and your speed is so easy that you can be cocky with it. Um, yeah, you're you're gonna have some big plays in the league. So I I really I I like I really really like Zay Flowers. I like his speed, um, and he did put on muscle too. Yeah, so. Um, I think I think that is going to allow him to play right away, day one in the in the NFL, because he dedicated that that time to his body. He'll be able to play day one, easy. Um, <clears throat> Death and ready. If uh, JSN falls to twenty one, should the Chargers draft him? Uh, I mean, yes, yes, and no. I'm I, I don't. I'm I'm not on. Jackson, like everybody else's, I, I, I don't know. A, a lot of people compare him to Keenan Allen, and to me, I just don't see it. I, I don't. He, he's good, but I don't know. There, there's, there's something about his game that I just, eh, I don't know. To me, I don't think he's going to be as good as Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. Uh, there's just something about his game that I think will, will won't translate well to the NFL. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong about this. But when you watch him on tape, it just, to me, just seems, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I like him. I, I, I like him. I do like him. But to me, I just, if if we're going to draft a wide receiver, give me a Zay Flowers or even a Jordan Addison off, uh, uh, over him. Because I, I just don't think his, It, 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 I don't. Something about him looks a little herky jerky to me. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not sure. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how good he can be in the NFL. Pretty much. Pretty much. I just don't really see it yet. And again, I could be wrong. Maybe I just need to see more of him. But I don't see it with him yet. Um, see which tight end uh, prospect should I check out? Well, I'm about to go over uh, uh, Dalton Kincaid right now. So um, I'm looking at him. I, I think he's going to be the number one tight end taken. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff where he's shooting up a lot of people's draft boards. Uh, Michael Mayer, I think he he's still probably second, uh, but I think Kincaid is really, really starting to uh, catch a lot of eyes. Um, a lot of prospects, a lot of teams really like him. So uh, that's number one. Um, 
I went over a guy. I, I did a video a couple of weeks ago. Sam Laporta from Iowa. I think he is going to be the out of all the rookie tight ends coming in next year. I think he probably has the best season, depending on where he ends up, because he's ready to play right now. He's everything that he does is ready to play right now. Everything that he does is on NFL level. His route running, all, it, like he he plays he plays like a NFL tight end. And he has some speed too. He's like a four or five guy as well too, so he can get behind some safeties and stuff. So I think he'll have the best uh, rookie season, depending on where they, depending on where he ends up, depending on where he plays. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so Brandon Flowers also played sixty six percent of his snaps on the outside last year. The narrative that he's a slot guy only is false so he did play on the outside yeah so he's got some outside um and that's the thing too in the chargers offense he'll be playing everywhere um with kellen moore he'll be playing every there's going to be some some formations that teams are really going to come out and have to call a timeout with <laughs> um but yeah he, he can't play on the outside because he's fast um and he has great footwork off the line of scrimmage as well too that's one of the things um <clears throat> small guys can play outside if they have footwork and if they are able to get off of that press man. That's why I said I want to see him play against a lot of press man uh, in the NFL because, again, he's going to be tough. He's going to be tough to deal with. But if he's able, especially when, with, with him putting on more of that weight, he's going to be able to he's going to be able to to take a lot of those, you know, stiff jabs coming off the, the line of scrimmage from those those cornerbacks and still be able to run past him. So, um I, I like him, and I like I said, I think Kellen Moore can get the best out of him. Uh, he's going to be all around. He's going to be in motion. He's going to be in the slot. Um, he, he'll he probably be in the backfield as well, too, for, for a lot of uh, um, plays that are going to, you know, throw some of the, the, the defenses off, right, some plays that defenses haven't seen. Uh, Zay Flowers in the backfield, I, I can definitely see that. So I – he can play all over, but I think he'll he'll primarily be a slot guy. Obviously, with the with the Chargers, I don't think he's gonna be on the outside. Mike is on the outside. Keenan will be on the outside. So uh, both these guys could could um, both these guys are going to be on the outside. But I think he is going to. Uh, I definitely think he's going to. Uh, um, definitely think he's going to be a slot receiver for the Chargers specifically. Now, if he goes somewhere else, then. He can move all the way around, but yeah, he he's got that he's got that that uh, he's got that wiggle to his game, and again, that suddenness you just can't beat that suddenness. You just just can't. Welcome to Club Zay. Yes, sir. <laughs> been pushing uh, flower stocks in December twenty twenty one. Damn, yeah. So you've been on him early. So no, but I w when you watch his tape, there's tape out there from him from freshman year all the way to this past year twenty twenty two, and he looks completely refined he looks completely refined everything about him looks better his route running looks better he looks faster um he looks a little bigger everything about him looks so much more refined and that's something that as a college player you got to go out and get that you can't that's not just you know brought to you you have to put in the work to get there so when you look at him what how he came in his freshman year 2019 right there's tape out there when you look at that and when you look at 2022 he put that work in. He put the work in to get to where he is now. They didn't, you know, you don't you don't have that, you know, brought to you, right? You have to go in and get that. And especially at a, a school like Boston College, Boston College is, 
you know, I, I know it's it's known for its uh, academic prowess, but as far as football, I they haven't been good since Matt Ryan played there. And I remember <laughs> that was a long time. I was like, oh, six, oh, seven ish, something like that. Uh, Matt Ryan and, and Calendar, the running back, they haven't been good since then. And like all time, I don't think they've really been, you know, anybody to write home about. Right. They're not a USC. They're not a blue blood. They're not a Alabama. They're not a Texas. They don't get great recruits there. Um, so Zay Flowers put that work in himself. So to me, you're getting a worker as well, too. That's a guy that put the work in. It wasn't Ohio State where he was playing at, right? It wasn't Clemson where he was playing at. He wasn't, he's not playing at an NFL factory. There are some guys from Boston College that do go to the league, but the, there's not an NFL factory. Does anybody else from Boston College get drafted after Zay Flowers? And if they do, what round do they go? Maybe sixth, seventh, or something like that. So he's not playing at an NFL factory. He legitimately worked himself up to this position now. So if the Chargers were draft, if the Chargers were to draft him, I would be happy with that because I know this guy's going to come in and he's going to work. He's mature. He played four years of college football. He's a mature guy. He's ready to step in and affect the team now. So I like that about him. Um, that's something that I, I, I definitely, definitely should, um, well, definitely, you know, should have mentioned before if I didn't. His work from freshman year to senior year, he definitely, definitely put that work in and he did it himself. So. Yeah, I, I really, really like him. Uh, Flowers uh, pops on video. He's built tight with mad body control. Yeah, he has a lot of body control. Um, there's a couple couple highlights. I've seen them, you know, replaying it on in a NFL Network. Some of his, like, catches, his deep catches down the middle of the field, like, his body control is amazing. Um, I, there's one that they show. He's literally wedged between two defenders, goes up, high points the ball, comes down with it, doesn't fall. Both the other guys fall. He doesn't fall. Like, he keeps his feet. And, yeah, he has a lot of balance. Good, good balance. Um, he is a a, a uh, shorter guy, so he is, uh, you know, lower to the ground. He has that low center of gravity. But he does a good job high-pointing the ball, contesting catches. I like him. I really, really do like him. I think he's going to be very, very good um, for the Chargers if they do decide to uh, draft him. So that was my take there on uh, Zay Flowers. So now – Let's jump to a tight end before I get to Jordan. I'm going to save Jordan Addison for last. Uh, so let's jump in, jump into a tight end, right? Who I feel is the best tight end in the league, uh, not in the league, but in this draft class. Uh, that's Dalton Kincaid. So let me get a, let me get a drink of water here. <clears throat> so Dalton Kincaid, obviously Utah, 6'4", uh, 246 pounds. So, you know, he has pretty good size, right? Typical tight end size, especially for for this um for this modern era of tight ends. He has pretty good size. So, I like his uh I like I like how compact he looks, right? He looks like a tight end, but he looks like maybe he could be a bigger receiver too. So, I I like that. I I really do. Um very good size. Now, he's a guy that I watched a lot of. I watched a ton of Dalton Kincaid. Again, I'm a USC fan. I watched USC football pretty much every Saturday. Um, and because they were, you know, kind of neck and neck with with uh, the University of Utah, I watched a lot of Utah games. Um, I watched, I want to say, about seven or eight Utah games. So, um, you know, more than I, I, I typically do. But this guy popped out to me every single time. 
every single time this guy popped off the screen. Um, Dalton Kincaid. So again, 6'4, 246. Uh, he ran a 4'7, right? But again, the 40 times, a little misleading. Dalton Kincaid was always open. Always, always open. So does that 4'7 mean something in the grand scheme of things? To me, it doesn't because if, again, it's the Keenan Allen thing. If you run a 4.6, a 4.7, whatever, people call you slow, okay, that's fine. But if you're always open, are you really slow? Are you really slow if you're always open? If you're slow, you're not going to be open. We seen last year, we seen the Michael Bandy thing last year. Michael Bandy was legitimately slow. I think he clocked in at a 4.6 or something like that at his pro day or at the combine or whatever. Um, but he was legitimately slow. Legitimately slow. He couldn't get open on the outside, right? That That's that's what it was he was he played he played at a four six so when i look at kincaid his four seven doesn't bother me at all and again he is my number one tight end in this draft i know a lot of people love michael mayer from uh, notre dame i love him too but to me the big difference in these guys is that dalton kincaid plays with a fluidness that michael mayer doesn't um it looks hard to Michael Mayer, right? When when I'm I'm watching him run routes, it looks like he's working really hard to run these routes. And it looks like he's using up every bit of ability, every, you know, drop of ability that he has, right? And that's not a bad thing. But when I watch Dalton Kincaid, when I watch him run routes, it's smooth. It's effortless, in and out of breaks, right? Getting his head turned around, catching the ball, um, getting – Yards after contact. Very, very, very impressive with him. Um, I like him a lot. He was very, very, very impressive. Popped off the screen um, several times to me last year. Uh, <clears throat> and to me, he, if I had to make a comparison, I would say that he is a much, much, much more refined and a much better version of Hunter Henry. You guys remember Hunter Henry, former Chargers tight end. Um, a lot of people had a love affair with uh, Hunter Henry, and I, I, I just I didn't see it. I thought he was average at, at everything, um, and it turns out he's having an average, pretty average NFL career. Um, you know, he left the Chargers for the Patriots, and I, I don't think they lost much with him. Uh, so to me, it just he looks like a much more refined Hunter Henry. Um, now there are some some concerns with with him, and I I, I see. You know, who is that white, uh, white Mamba? Yeah, he can't block. Um, and yeah, that, that is an issue with him. I'm not even going to sugarcoat or anything. That is an issue with him. He did not block very well um, for the run or the pass. So that is definitely something he will have to improve on, right? And that's something that he he's not going to really have a choice in the matter, depending on where he goes. Now, if he goes to... A team, if he's able to sit behind, I don't know, Travis Kelsey or something in, in, in Kansas City, right? Now, I don't think his blocking assignments are going to be all that, that you know, complex. But depending on where he goes, if he goes to a team where he has to block, um, it might take him a while to get on the field. Now, specifically when it comes to the Chargers, though, when it comes to the Chargers, they resigned Donald Parham. Donald Parham was the best blocking tight end last year. Um, Trey McKitty is supposed to be a blocking tight end. He's still on the roster. I think he gets cut uh, in training camp, but me personally, right? Um, so I think he, if the Chargers were to draft him, I think he could make an impact 
obviously, in the passing game, right? Now, his blocking would have to get better. He would have to get it to a point where he can just do an average job, right? Get in somebody's way. He don't have to dominate. He doesn't have to pancake. Get in somebody's way. If he can get in somebody's way, then I think he can really, really, really solidify himself as a top tight end in the league. If he's playing with Justin Herbert, if he's playing with Kellen Moore, um, you know, and he's able to get into this offense, right? Be able to carve out a place in this offense for him. We've seen what Kellen Moore did with Dalton Schultz. Um, and I think this guy, Dan Kincaid, is a little more athletic. I think he's a little more physically gifted than Dalton Schultz is. Dalton Schultz is a better blocker, but as far as running routes, the entire route tree, uh, Kincaid is the guy that you want doing that, right? He's the guy that you want doing that. Um, he's strong enough to to catch a ball, you know, get off a tackle and, you know, get some yards after contact as well, too. Um, he is not a, a super speed guy, right? And that's not typically what you need at the tight end position. You don't need a guy that's going to, you know, run a 4-3. You don't need a Vernon Davis. What you need is a guy that is going to present a big target over the middle of the field for Justin Herbert. That's what you need. And specifically in the red zone, the Chargers did not utilize their weapons in the red zone. Obviously, you had uh, Parham, Mike Williams, right? Joe Lombardi did not know how to do that, right? We we talked about it, beat that dead horse. Kellen Moore is a different animal, though. He knows how to use weapons in the red zone. So if Dalton Kincaid was a Charger, um, I think he, the best of him would be seen in the red zone. You would get the best of him in the red zone because he is such a threat at that tight end position, especially working in the slot, right? Being able to get open from the slot. He would really be at his best in the red zone because he's a bigger guy, 6'4", almost 250, right? If you're going up against a safety, right, or a linebacker, right, You maybe a linebacker doesn't turn his head or whatever, right? Maybe the safety is smaller. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is somebody who can go up, catch the ball, secure it, take big hits, absorb big hits. I've seen him do it uh, all last year. So I really, really like what he has to bring to the table. I think he is is a guy that is – made for this modern NFL. Now, again, the blocking thing is not going to go away. The blocking thing is not going to go away until he gets better at it. So I do I do like it. I, I, I like him for right now. Um, but I do think that there is some concerns, obviously, for his blocking, right? And I, I talked about it. I, I will I will talk about it as, as many times as I need to. But as for right now, what the Chargers can use at the tight end position, this guy gives you sure hands. Uh, Gerald Everett did not give you sure hands last year. Um, to me, he was a little, he had a good season, but he was a little bit of a disappointment. He dropped a lot of balls, um, in positions that, you know, were the worst times for a drop, right? Dropping third downs, dropping touchdowns. Um, Dalton Kincaid is sure handed. He has good hands. He catches the ball. He tucks it away. He can absorb hits. Um, and he can also break tackles and, and, and get you yards, after the catch as well, too. So I really, really like this guy. I like what he is able to bring. Um, I think that he can really, really unlock something out of this offense. And that's what's been missing out of this Charger offense is that tight end, that sure-handed tight end. Uh, we've seen Everett make some plays here and there. Uh, we've seen uh, Parham make some plays here and there. But a guy to line up 17 games to know that you're going to go out there and get the best out of him, right? To know that you're going to go out there and to know your tight end is going to be open 
you know, seven to 10 times a game, right? That'll really help Herbert out. It'll really help the offense out. It'll help the run game out as well, too, being able to convert, um, you know, intermediate, you know, uh, throws down the middle of the field, right? So I think Kincaid really does bring something that the Chargers can use. Again, blocking, always going to mention that. Always, always going to mention that. Um, I think his hands, though, and I think his separation, his, his ability to get separation from safeties, he really showed up on tape. When you go back and you watch the tape, he was able to get separation. This guy, um, I hated him throughout the season. I'm not going to lie. I'm a USC fan. This guy torched USC twice. And the second time he did it, he had a fractured back, I believe. So this guy can get open. He can get open. When he is called up on, you know, especially crucial, you know, third downs, he can present a good target for Herbert. And, you know, I think he's a guy that's reliable, right? He can play through some injuries. He's tough. I like that. Um, again, the blocking thing will have to be addressed, obviously, uh, you know, if he wants to get on the field at all. And that's, that's pretty much standard for all 32 teams. You're going to have to be able to block at a, a, a at least a satisfactory level to get on the field. Um, but I don't think that's a problem. I think he just needs to get reps with it, right? And that's something that'll come with training camp, being able to put the pads and helmets on um, and go out there and block. Block Joey Bosa, block Khalil Mack, block those guys, right? get your form down right get able to get in their way be able to 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 work on your leverage right at the line of scrimmage as well too your pad level all of that stuff that's going to come with NFL coaching now he played for a program at Utah Utah is a, a, a damn good program um but they don't have you know the 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 legacy that a lot of these other teams have they don't really have NFL coaching there so i think that's something that can get better with NFL coaching uh, so I'm not really down on him there. He's not the perfect prospect by any means, but I think he does some things that nobody in the Chargers tight end room can do now, right? The route running ability, the hands, right? Being able to do all of this stuff, being able to be fluid um, and being able to be a mismatch as well too for, you know, especially some games, right? There's going to be some, weaknesses in the middle safeties linebackers and all that stuff being able to have a guy like that who can go out work the mismatches right give you easy yards right easy completions easy first downs and stuff like that that is valuable it's very very valuable throughout the season and a guy like that is what the chargers need so i like i really really like dalton kincaid um at 21 though i i think he'll be there um I think a lot of teams are split between him and Michael Mayer. Uh, Michael Mayer is the more complete tight end. He's not as good of a route runner, and, you know, his hands are not as natural as Dalton Kincaid. But, uh, you know, he does block. He does very, 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 very good blocking uh, for a tight end. So teams like that, especially if you're a team that wants to run the ball, um, they like Michael Mayer. I like Michael Mayer too, but for what the Chargers want to do, I think he can add another element, Dalton Kincaid. He can add another element to this offense, um, and he can unlock something in this offense that we haven't seen, right? If he can come in, get 50 catches, right? Having 50 catches from a tight end, uh, it will really, really open things up in this offense, right? Especially if you have other weapons to complement that. Um, you know, he can be a guy that's a safety blanket, security blanket for Herbert, especially when he gets in trouble, Um you can never have too many good tight ends on your team. So I'm I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. I think the Chargers are really, really looking for that. Um, now, 
at 21, I, I think that's a little rich for, for, for the Chargers' blood as far as the tight end position goes. Um, historically, they have not drafted tight ends that high. Um, Tom Telesco has never drafted a t- tight end that high. Um, I believe Hunter Henry was the last Charger. No, 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 no. Was it Hunter Henry? The last starting Charger tight end, I believe, um, that he drafted. And I, I, I think he was like a fourth-round pick either a third or a fourth round pick. I can't remember, but um, it was, you know, pretty much middle of the draft, right? It wasn't a, a, a top uh, flight tight end pick. So I wouldn't be mad if the Chargers drafted him, but I just honestly don't expect it, right? I'm just trying to cover all of my ends here. I don't expect the Chargers to to go with uh, uh, Kincaid at 21. I would be a little surprised if they did. Wouldn't be mad at all, but I would be surprised because that's just not typically how they do business. And, you can predict pretty much everything the Chargers are going to do just because they do it every year. So <laughs> I just don't I don't expect that. I do not expect them to go out and uh, draft um, a Kincaid with the 21st pick in the draft. I, I honestly, honestly do not expect that. Uh, OK, so that was my take on Dalton Kincaid. Let's see. Let me get to some of these uh, comments here, the ones that I can get to. Uh, G Bear says I'm pretty high on Washington, too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely high on Washington. Um, Washington is kind of the opposite of, of Kincaid though. Uh, Darnell Washington is a great blocker, but he did not really do anything as far as the passing game at Georgia. Um, they have a really good tight end Brock Bowers right now. He's the guy that did most of their receiving. Um, and when he comes out next year, he'll probably be the number one tight end taken, but Darnell Washington is a blocker. We need to see if he can catch though. Um, and I think right now the way that the NFL is being played right. You want a guy who can catch first and then block second. That's just the way that the NFL is now. Um, now, if we're talking years and years and years ago, then maybe maybe you're 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 looking at at Washington as a number one pick, but uh, the number one tight end um, pick. But I, I I just don't see it with him. He needs to show that he can catch the ball um, and make plays after he catches the ball as well. Too. He is a big dude though. Very very big guy. Um, yeah, so I, I like Washington too, but um, he's he's more of a project, I think, than anything else. Uh, let's see. Matthew says, do you like the idea of Chargers trade back? I do. I, I really do. And the reason why I like that is because they can fill several different needs if they were able to trade back in the draft. If they were able to successfully trade back in the draft and still be able to get as a flower, still be able to get uh, a Jordan Addison or somebody like that, they would be able to fill multiple needs, right? Because at that point, you can get a premium edge player as well, too, right? So your two biggest needs are now taken care of after you have traded back in the draft, right? You gain another draft pick, maybe a second or third rounder or whatever, right? So you're able to get one of the 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 the, the better guys at that point, right? Or maybe you want to go edge first and then you want to, uh, you know, pull from the deep wide receiver pool in this draft. Either or, right? I, I do like the idea of trading back. Uh, it just depends on if they want whoever they like, right, with their first pick. If that guy is still going to be there, um, depending on how far they trade back, yes, 100%. You go for it. Um, you stack your draft picks. Um, and the way that the Chargers salary cap is looking going forward, especially without Herbert being paid yet, you're going to need as many draft picks as you can get. So, yes, always, always try to get as many draft picks as you can. I like it. I like that idea a lot. <clears throat> um, 
See, Everett is a better tight end than Kincaid for next year. Um, I don't think so. I, I personally don't think so. Really don't. Um, I don't think so. I think I think Everett is not sure-handed enough. Um, I believe he had 10 drops this year. Uh, and the, the thing that kind of puts it into perspective for me, right? Everett had a bonus. I think he had like a, a $250,000 bonus. It was either $250,000 or half a million dollar bonus, right? Think about the 10 drops that he had. I think he came three catches. Well, I want to say three or four catches short of his bonus. If he doesn't drop those 10 passes, he would be $500,000 richer right now, right? So I'm looking at that and saying like, damn, right? Come on, man. Come on. So he, he dropped a lot of passes. This Charger tight end position, um, it, it, it's been kind of fool's gold the past couple of years. I like Everett. I thought he was going to have a super big year last year. He didn't have it. He dropped a lot of balls. Uh, Jared Cook the year before. Um, he made some flash plays, but he dropped a lot of balls as well, too. So when you're looking at this position, right, some of these guys, they make some plays, but a lot of it is fool's goal. They drop the easy passes. They drop touchdowns when they're wide open. Even Donald Parham has had the drops as well, too. This position needs to be more consistent. You need to have a sure-handed guy at this position. You can't just make splash plays and then forget about the fundamentals, right? You make a splash play, a 20-yard play, and, and Everett made a couple of those plays where he was dragging guys and, you know, he's, ah, you know, getting all hype and stuff after he's dragging people. But then the following series he come out, uh, he's wide open, right? It's third and seven. He's wide open, a uh, 10-yard catch, and he drops the ball. So what good does all of that other, you know, stuff do you if you can't execute the basics? This is where the Chargers are at. You need somebody to come out, execute the basics, catch the ball when you're open. And the Chargers had a very, very tough time from the tight end position last year. So I do like Everett. I, I like Everett, but his consistency, it just hasn't been there. It hasn't been there. This is his third team. Um, I thought he was he had a promising future with the Rams, but you know, it goes from the Rams to Seattle, now with the Chargers. Um, and there's a reason why he keeps switching teams, right? He's not consistent enough with his hands. You gotta be consistent, especially if the Chargers are gonna go to the next level. You're going to have to get really, really good production from that position. Um, that's pretty much a prerequisite in the NFL now. You need a tight end that's going to be able – you don't need him to put up Travis Kelsey numbers, but you need a tight end that's going to be able to stretch the field and be able to keep those linebackers honest. And if you don't have a guy that can do that and that's dropping passes, third downs, touchdowns, and all of that stuff, you don't have a good tight end. So I think the Chargers can upgrade. They really can upgrade at this point. So I, I, I would like I would like to see a tight end drafted by the Chargers. Now, I, now whether or not it's Kincaid, don't know, right? Like I said, uh, a tight end at 21 may be too rich for the Chargers' blood right now, but I would like to see a tight end, a, a, a new pass-catching tight end for the Chargers. I think it could really unlock uh, the Kellen Moore offense. I, I would love, love to see it. Um, let's see, a running game would unlock everything. True, very, very true. And that's coming, too. That's 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 coming. I think Kellen Moore is bringing that. Um I do. I think. I do think it's. 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 Uh. Do think it's bringing that. Um. Kincaid could be the best tight end we've had since Gates. I think so too. I. 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 I if the Chargers were to take him, I. I do think that that. Uh. Could be a. A, a possibility. I. I do think it could be a possibility because when you look at Antonio Gates and everything that he was able to do, he was never a speed guy. Um. He was never even a. a 
athletic guy, right? He was a guy that was able to get open, right? And he had deceptive speed. Uh, people looked at him, you know, and they didn't think that he was all that athletic, right? So they would take him lightly. And he used to burn people all the time. So Dalton Kincaid is completely, he's way, way more athletic, way more of an athlete, way more of a route runner than, than Antonio Gates was. Right now, obviously, Antonio Gates one of the greatest tight ends of all time, but Dalton Kincaid, he has tools in his toolbox, right? Now, his blocking obviously could be better, but he's got tools in his toolbox to be really, really good. So I like I like that he has that, right? He's, he's somewhat raw right now, but again, you get him in a program, get him in an NFL program, uh, let him go his rookie year, right, and then come back into that same program, maybe put on some more weight, some more muscle, right? Uh, and be able to get better, right? Be able to get better. It's not just about next year, right? It's about having a guy who's going to consistently be there for Justin Herbert, specifically on third downs. That's what you need year in and year out. Not just about next year. You're drafting for the future now. So um, I like Kincaid as a future tight end, right? He's He's got the tools in his toolbox. He, he needs to improve in areas, obviously, but uh, he's got the tools. He's got the tools. That, and that's one thing that, you know, nobody can really deny. He has the tools there. Um, Justin deserves a playmaking tight end. Yep, 100% agree. Um, right, Mamba 10, picks and now you keep it more real than anyone in charge of the podcast. Hand down. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I try to, try to give good, unbiased opinions here. Um, he deserves a running game, so he doesn't have to throw 50 balls a game, have another shoulder surgery. Agree. They, we have no disagreements there, 100%. Uh, but a good tight end is going to help the run game. It's going to help a run game, especially if a run game is good. A good tight end is going to benefit off that, and it's going to make offense easier for everybody. So if you have those things in place, it's going to make everybody's job easier. It's going to make Herbert's job easier, and the offense is going to score more points. So um, you you need these things in place, though. And like I said, you kind of need a tight end to be productive. They don't have to be Travis Kelsey, but you need a productive tight end. Um, All the top tier teams all have productive tight ends and that's where you want to be you want to be towards the top tier you need a productive tight end uh, especially offensively um more wants to run the football Kincaid doesn't fit his system no he does he does fit the system uh you have to go back and watch Cowboys film um there's a couple guys a couple tight ends uh for the Cowboys uh this year um what was the guy's name? I think his name was Vandershoot or Vandersloot or something like that. I think he, uh, what was number 81, I believe? Was it 81? Uh, 89, or was it 89? I, I can't remember, but um, one of the younger tight ends, he was very slim looking. He he looked like a big receiver. Um, he looked smaller than Delta Kincaid, to be honest with you, but he had a pretty good year catching the ball. Um yeah, no, he does fit the system. Dalton Kincaid definitely fits the system with Kellen Moore. You have to go back and you have to watch tape. Look at the personnel that uh, Kellen Moore was able to get open, right? Obviously, their number one tight end was Dalton Schultz. But outside of him, right, the number two, number three tight ends, they had, you know, some impact as well, too. So, yeah, no, he does fit the system. You have to watch tape to understand. Look at the body types. Look at these guys, uh, compare them to, you know, a, a Kincaid or compare them to whoever else you want to in the draft. No, these guys, you can see Kincaid fitting in there and doing some of the the the, the uh, similar things as I can't remember the guy's name. I, I believe his number 89, but he's a young tight end. I think he was a rookie last year. He had a pretty decent season with the Cowboys. 
Um, very slim and slender. He couldn't block either. So, yeah, no, Dalton Kincaid fits the system. He does fit the system. That's that's one thing that he does fit <clears throat> is this Kellen Moore system. And most guys do fit the Kellen Moore system because he's so good. He can get guys open. So, um, yeah, there's there's this there's, there's going to most of these guys are going to fit in, in Kellen Moore system. This isn't the Joe Lombardi thing. So uh, people have to get used to that. We can't make the same mistake with Herbert that we did with Rivers run run game blocking tight end. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> We do. We, we we do have to have a run game and we do need a better tight end. Um, we do need that. So, uh, oh, let's see. Uh, Jason Re- uh, Henry was early second round. So Hunter Henry was early second round pick. Yeah. So I think that's the highest pick that the, the Chargers have used on the tight end. If in in my recollection, I don't remember anybody else being higher than him. Um, yeah. Antonio Gates was undrafted. Um but yeah, the 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 I, I do like Kincaid though. Kincaid is definitely somebody who can I, I think he can be good. I really do. I really do think he can be good. Um are there other tight ends that are better than him in this draft? Um maybe depending on where they go. Like I think this is this a lot of this draft stuff boils down to fit. How do you fit into a system? And we at least know what the Kellen Moore system looks like, right? Uh, this is a, a much, we're, we're at a much better position than last year because Joe Lombardi's system, th- there was no system. It's just him calling plays and trying to get guys to play out of character, right? That's why you see DeAndre Carter, you know, with the end of rounds and stuff like that. And, you know, you had uh, uh, um, Michael Bandy trying to play and said, so, like, these guys, they're not, there is no system. Sony Michelle, uh, there was no system. They're just trying to plug players in. At least we know what the system looks like with uh, uh, Kellen Moore. That's one of the, the the positives that we look like, that, that we know. We know what that looks like. We can turn on Cowboys tape and see that it looks like that. So when I'm looking at a lot of these players, I'm saying, okay, I can see them in a Kellen Moore offense. That's what I'm looking for. So this is a much, much more streamlined process than it was last year and even in 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 times past hendershot there you go peyton hendershot i believe his name was that's what i was talking about that the cowboys tight end uh peyton hendershot yeah slim slim looking dude but i think dalton kincaid is better than him uh hands down at this even right now he's better than him so yeah no he, he definitely fits into the the uh, system um but though your stream is kind of lagging yeah i know that that's why i, I had to to cancel it uh, um the live stream last night because you know this this uh, um, this setup here that I have and I think it's been the California weather you know it's it's come through my Wi-Fi has been acting up you know pretty much all month long last month and it's still acting up now uh, crazy winds a bunch of rain and stuff really unseasoned un unseasonable weather for California at, at, at this point right now so I think we're we're dealing with that. Uh, if you do, if we do take Kincaid, we need to get a blocking tight end in the draft for free agency as well, though. Um, I do. Yeah, I, I Donald Parham blocked pretty well last year. Um, he was the best blocking tight end that the Chargers had. Now, his health is always going to be an issue. So I do agree with you. And that's why I think the Chargers don't take Kincaid. I, I don't think that they take Kincaid. I think they look at a, a a tight end later on in the draft that can do both 
that's honestly what I think the Chargers do. I, I just don't. I think a tight end in the first round is too rich for Tom Telesco's blood. I don't think he's ever done it. I don't think he, it, it's it's never even really been a possibility or an option for him um, in his entire time with the Chargers. So I, I just, to me, I don't see it. I really, really don't see it. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, uh, I think it's a little rich for the Chargers' blood. So I'm I'm just covering all possibilities. But for me, I I I would like to have them, but I, I I don't think it's it's a real possibility at this point. Um, White Mamba Ten, can we avoid saying his name aloud? Refer to him as Don't Know Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Sleepy Joe or Crazy Joe or something like that. We'll be seeing a lot of him. He's in our division now. He's the offensive coordinator with the Broncos. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Oh, man. <clears throat> All right. So last but not least, right, I am going to go over Jordan Addison, right? Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC. Um, now, this guy here has been he, he's been talked about as kind of a, a, a second fiddle type of guy. And honestly, I, I can see why after the season that he had last year, he had a bunch of you know, expectations last year, a lot of high expectations. Um, but honestly, you know, I, I think he has the potential to be a number one receiver in the NFL. I honestly do. Now, is he the perfect receiver? No, not not by any stretch. But I think he has, again, he has tools that translate, that will translate well to the NFL. And I think he is a guy that you know, if he lands in the right system, if he's in the right spot, right quarterback, right offensive coordinator, all of this stuff, I think he can have a huge, huge impact. So Jordan Addison out of USC, six foot, 175 pounds. Um, this guy, he's very slight, very slightly built, very slenderly built. Um, he's young. He's young. So you have to anytime you see these guys who are like so emaciated looking, um, you have to give them a chance to develop, right? I, I, well, not me, but a lot of my friends at 20 and 21 were emaciated looking, right? They, a lot of guys were 140, 150 pounds. That they, they, they just weren't, they just weren't big. They just weren't big. Most guys typically are not big at, at, at that time. Yeah. Right. It's kind of an outlier to see huge guy. And most of the guys who are in the draft are outliers when they're, 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 that young, right? That's what the NFL is about. All of these guys are outliers. Most 20, 21-year-olds don't look like that. They are small, and Jordan Addison is small. So I would give him a chance to get his body right. I, I don't think he's going to be 175 pounds playing in the NFL for most of his career. I think you have to give him a chance, get him in the NFL program, get him eating right, get him lifting right, and then I think you can see his body start to develop. Um, because he will have to gain some weight, 175 pounds in the NFL. And, you know, for him not being like tall or really he, he's fast, but for him not being like, like a Jalen Waddle type of guy, having that speed, he's going to have to gain some weight because he will be absorbing some hits and you're not going to absorb a lot of hits at 175 pounds in the NFL. Like it, it's, things are not going to last all that long for you. Um, I would be shocked if he stayed at this weight his entire career and I don't think he will so got to give him a chance to grow same thing with Zay Flowers I think he he can you know potentially put on another 10 pounds or whatever so 
you got to give these guys a chance to develop, get into their grown man bodies. A lot of us, <clears throat> a lot of us didn't, you know, get into our grown man bodies until we were in our mid twenties or whatever. Right. That's how most, most guys are. Most, most of us. I, I, I wasn't like that. I was, I was six feet, 205 pounds when I was uh, 18. So I, I, what most, some of like, I, I think I, I was an outlier as well too. So, but most guys don't grow into their grown man bodies until mid twenties. So when you look at Addison, he will get bigger. Now, four, four, nine, official 40. Um, I was expecting him to run a faster time as well too. Uh, but it's kind of the same thing with a flowers. When I watch the tape, does he separate? Does he separate? Is he able to run behind cornerbacks? Is he able to run behind safeties? Yes, 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 and yes. So to me, that four four nine is not a huge deal. He plays much faster than that. Um, now, again, he, he's on the smaller side, so it's not that big of a deal to me. Um, his stats, 59 receptions, 875 yards, and eight touchdowns last season. Uh, with the USC Trojans. Now, keep in mind, he was injured. He had, it, it looked like to be a pretty bad knee injury that Utah game, the first time they played Utah, um, it looked pretty bad. So I think he sat out like two or three games um, at that point. So his stats were affected by that. If he was healthy all season long, he would have had a huge, huge year. Um, and I think we would be talking about him as a number one receiver coming out. But because he had that injury, he has to deal with this now. So he has to prove to teams that he's going to be healthy. And then, you know, he has to prove pretty much his worth all over again because he didn't have as big of a season as he had in uh, 2021 when he was still at Pitt. So I like him. I like Jordan Addison a lot. I really do. I watched him a lot. So, you know, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if we're being honest here, he is to me probably the second or third best wide receiver in this uh, group here in this class of 2023. He is a elite route runner. That's the number one thing. When you turn on his tape, turn on his tape, turn on his highlights, this dude is elite route running. Um, his ability to stop, start on a dime, very, very, very impressive. Um, his body control is very, very good. He reminds me, if, if I had to compare him to anybody, he reminds me of Marvin Harrison. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr., Marvin Harrison Sr. with the Colts. That's kind of what he reminds me of. Uh, he kind of has the same similar build as well, too. But his breaks, um, his movements, everything about him reminds me of Marvin Harrison a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, so he's he's a guy. He played on the outside at USC. He played a little bit on the inside. But he was a guy that was really, really good as far as the screen game went. The bubbles, the smoke screens. He was very, very good at those. Um, I think he had, I think four of his touchdowns were off of bubble or smoke screens. So he was very good, very good at doing that specific thing. Now, that's something that the Chargers have not been able to do really all that well in a couple of seasons, uh, the screen game. So if you bring this guy in and rent him some screens, that's already going to be an improvement, right? Because he's very good at it. Um, he has pretty good vision as well, too, for a, a wide receiver when he has the ball in his hands. Um, definitely a plus. So I think this guy can bring something that the Chargers don't have. They don't already have now. Um, now, because he is, you know, six feet tall, he can play on the outside. He can play on the outside. And I think his suddenness allows him to have success getting off the line of scrimmage. 
um, he went one-on-one with a pretty good corner from Utah, Clark Phillips. Uh, Clark Phillips is, I think he's in a lot of people's top five corners um, going uh, this year. And I, I think he won the um, the award for the uh, best cornerback in the league. I can't remember what, what award it is. The, is it the Thorpe Award? I think he was a Thorpe Award winner uh, this past season. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I do believe he is a, uh, a Thorpe Award winner. But he went up against Clark Phillips twice. Um, now, Clark Phillips was a very, very aggressive corner. Watching the tape, watching the first game at Utah when the, when when USC played uh, Utah, it seems like he took Clark Phillips. It took he seemed like he took his physicality and his willingness to be physical with him, and it, it seems like he kind of used that against him, right? At least in the first half, because he was able to run past him several times, right, and set up his routes. Like I talked about with Zay Flowers at the top of his routes, that suddenness, right? He was able to do that several times, and then he kind of had him off balance there for that that first half when USC uh, was rolling. They had their offense rolling, and uh, that was you know long before the injury happened. I think in the third quarter, uh, but he was able to use his aggressiveness, an aggressive corner. He was able to use that aggressiveness aggressiveness against him. That is going to translate to Sundays. Because there's a bunch of guys in the league who want to play you aggressively. If you are a smart receiver, right? If you're not just going to go out there and get into a pissing contest and, you know, just talk a bunch of shit with the, uh, a cornerback. If you're smart and you're able to use a cornerback's aggressiveness, hmm, excuse me, aggressiveness against them, you're going to win a lot of one-on-one matchups. You're going to catch a lot of balls and you're going to be open a lot of the time, right? That's what I've seen out of Jordan Addison. He had a very, very good knack for doing that, um, using a cornerback's aggressiveness against him, right? He doesn't match that aggressiveness with his aggressiveness. He uses that against him to set him up, right, to really get him on his toes. Once you run past him one time, right, you're able to set stuff up from there, right? You're able to set up your post route. You're able to set up your post corner route. You're able to do all of those different things when you play against aggressive corners. So even though he is skinny, he was able to hold up against aggressive corners playing him in tight man coverage. So I like that. Again, that translates to Sundays. I really, really like that. I really like that about Jordan Addison. Now, he plays a lot faster than his 40 time. He plays a lot faster than his 40 time. And you can even go back to the 2021 highlights when he was at Pitt. A bunch of big plays. So many big plays that he had at Pitt because this guy has that suddenness, right? He can really ratchet it up. He can ratchet his speed up. He doesn't play 100 miles an hour. That's a good thing at wide receiver because you're going to have to sit down against zone coverage, right? It's not an option in the NFL. Most teams play zone coverage. You're going to have to hit the hole. You're going to have to sit down. You're going to have to be able to find that open window, sit down in zone coverage. That's something that he does very, very well. But when it's time to ratchet up his speed, when it's time to run past somebody, he can go past somebody. And he also has pretty good contested catch skills. That's something that a lot of these smaller guys have. And it's kind of funny because most of these small guys, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Addison, Flowers, all these guys have pretty damn uh, decent catch skills, right? Catch Contested catch skills. The biggest receiver in the draft and the one who is is known as the number one receiver as of right now, Quentin Johnson, doesn't really have great contested catch skills, right? It's funny. He's bigger, but he doesn't have great contested catch skills. And it's it's kind of flip-flop. The small guys do, but the bigger guy doesn't. It's kind of weird, but hey, it is what it is, right? So 
I like his catch skills. I like him running the entire route tree again from screens all the way to rail routes, right? He can do all of it, everything in between post corner, right? He gives the quarterback a very good uh, radius to throw to, right? He's always open. He catches the ball with his hands. Um, now, every now and then he can get the drops. Uh, it's, it's kind of the lazy drops. Um, that's something he'll have to improve upon, right? They're, they're concentration drops, I believe, if, if, if there's a name for it, right? He needs to really, really focus in and hone in on that. But I think he is a very good player. I really, really do think he's a good player. Um, again, I'm going to bring up the connection between USC and the Chargers, right? And I talked about this a couple weeks ago with uh, the Lightning Round podcast when I had them on, right? There is a connection there. The Chargers, they love USC guys. They love uh, UCLA guys as well, too. They like to be connected with the Southern California programs. So they have a good rapport there at USC. Um, from what I hear, they were at a lot of the games. They were on campus watching practice. Um, so they know who Jordan Addison is. They have his file. Uh, they know who he is, not just as a player, but as a person. Um, and everything that I heard about the Chargers' interest in Jordan Addison, they like him. They like his demeanor. And I was reading something that said that he is the type of personality that Tom Telesco, the Chargers, want to bring on because he's kind of a quiet guy. He's, he's you know, kind of, you know, off to himself a little bit, right? He's not the, the biggest self-promoter. He's a guy who likes to play football. Uh, you know, pretty quiet and goes home, right? Doesn't really get into trouble and all this stuff. He has the the makeup. He has the personality that the Chargers like. They like th these type of guys who don't stir shit up pretty much. So he fits the personality. They like his game. They've been on campus. They've seen him a bunch. Um, the area scouts, the local scouts know him. Uh, they have talked about him several times from from, from what I've heard in the, the front office, right? He's on the draft board. So again, I would not be surprised if, the Chargers are pegged right there on Jordan Addison. Um, he brings a lot of things to the Chargers that they don't have right now. He does. He really does. He's a speed threat, but he's also a guy that can run all of these routes. Um, and honestly, if if we're looking at, you know, pe people are, are, are pegging Josh Palmer as the third wide receiver um, already. And, and yes, yes, in name he is. But I think Jordan Addison is better than Josh Palmer. I, I mean, just right now, if the Chargers were to draft Jordan Addison, he would be the third receiver, not Josh Palmer. It, and, and that's just my opinion. It's just my opinion because he does things that Josh Palmer can't do. He's faster than him. Um, he's better at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it, the only thing that he, the only thing left to do with him, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. The only thing left for him to do would be to gain chemistry with Justin Herbert, right? And obviously in this new offense, there's going to be more opportunities for a guy like Jordan Addison to make big plays than it is for a guy like Josh Palmer. So when you're looking at this, I think Jordan Addison gives the Chargers a lot. I honestly do. I honestly, honestly do. And I would not be mad at all about this pick if it was made. And I think this is, to me, the most realistic pick. Um, I just gave you the biggest reason why. The Chargers are always around the USC program. They love USC kids. Um, they love UCLA kids as well, too. They're around the programs. They talk to coaches. Uh, they talk to people in, you know, even the the school offices as well, too, the, the uh, administrators and stuff like that. 
they ask around. They do their homework and they like Jordan Addison. So I would not be shocked, would not be shocked if the Chargers were to draft Jordan Addison. Now, the thing about Jordan Addison and the Chargers, right? Jordan Addison is is a top 30. He's projected to be a top 30 pick. Where the Chargers sit right now is 21. So if the Chargers want Jordan Addison, I think they can trade back, I don't know how many spots, maybe five to six more spots and still be able to draft him, honestly. Um, And I think if you're looking at a pick that the Chargers like, right, if they're still able to get who they want and trade back and pick up another draft uh, uh Another draft piece down down the line, right? I think that that's something that they do. I think that's something that should be talked about at this point right now. It's not really being talked about. I see a lot of conversation going on just about prospects. Think about what it means to trade back potentially, and this as well too, potentially have an Austin Eckler trade out there somewhere, right? Get Austin Eckler off the books, still get the guy that you want, and get draft compensation later. This is something that I know that they're talking about because when you look, again, when you look at the salary cap in 2024, they owe a lot of money to four guys, right? All those four guys are probably not going to be on the roster. Some of those guys are going to have to be let go. The money is just too ridiculous. The Chargers know they need more draft picks. They're going to have to fill in with draft picks. They need more draft capital. So I would not be surprised if Austin Eckler is dealt at uh, draft day on day one, day two, day three, whatever. Wouldn't be surprised if that happened. That's a possibility. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers were interested interested in trading back, knowing that they're still going to get their guy, but be able to gain another draft pick. I think that that is there. I think that that is there, and I think it's a possibility. So, um, you know, going forward, they're going to have to build through the draft, right? This is important. Um, I think this is a very, very important draft. Um, now, de- depending on who they pick, right, depending on who whoever they're able to, to feel comfortable with at 21 or maybe if they trade back or whatever, right, I does Tom Telesco, does he stay for the duration of this 2023 draft pick's first contract? Probably not, right? Probably not. So this is an important draft for many, many reasons. They have to get a player that can make plays, and they have to get a player that is going to to be able to step in from day one, right? No more wasted draft picks. They know this. They know this. The Chargers know this. Um, You have to get somebody that's going to come in and make plays. It's non-negotiable at this point, right? People are making money now. Guys are making top-of-the-market money. You're going to have to fill in with draft picks. A lot of people are not even talking about either. Think about after the 2023 season. If Rashawn Slater has a season like he did in 2021, he's going to become probably the highest paid left tackle in the league, right? And we're going to have one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, if not the highest paid quarterback when when Herbert agrees to his deal. Draft picks are going to become a commodity, right? You're going to need that, right? That's going to become like water. You're going to need them. You're going to need them. You cannot build a team year in and year out in free agency. It's just not the way to do it. It's not basketball. There's too many spots to fill. Uh, this is a much, much different, um, much different, you know, uh, construction as far as the roster goes, right, than basketball. You have a lot of spots to fill. There's no way you can fill all those spots 
you know, especially if you want to build depth and have a good roster, there's no way you can do it in free agency, right? Free agency is just to plug in holes. To build your team, though, you need to hit on draft picks. And you need to hit on three or four of them every single season from here on out, right? That's where the Chargers are. This is an important, important, important draft. And it doesn't really matter where you get the, the, the picks from. It doesn't matter if they're defensive picks, offensive picks, right? You have to just hit on guys. You just got to get starters out there. You have to fill the team of starters because this is bordering on the Chargers do not win the Super Bowl 2023. This is bordering on a rebuild. And I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, whatever. But this is going to border on a rebuild if they do not win a Super Bowl. You got to win a Super Bowl now. This is the window. This is the oh, this is the last year of this open window. 2024, Khalil Mack, owe him 40 million. 2024, uh, Joey Bosa, owe him 30, well, was it 35 million, right? You owe uh, Keenan Allen, uh, was it 30 something million? You owe Mike Williams 30 something million in 2024, right? That's four guys, and they take up 60% of the salary cap. 60% of it, right? So some of those guys are going to have to go, and you're going to have to build. You have 49 more spots to build out after that. So draft picks are going to become very, very, very important, right? And not just hitting on them, but gathering as many as you can. So this draft right here, they have to hit on it. If the Chargers have a draft like they did last year, it's going to be a very, very bad thing. No more JT Woods's. No more JT Woods draft picks. We don't know if Isaiah Spiller can play yet, right? We'll give him a chance. We'll see what he has in year two. Um, if he can't play, then another way to draft pick. But we're going to have to see this team, we're going to have to see the front office start to put together the team of the future. And it starts now. It's going to start in 2023. So I just broke down three prospects that I really, really like, three offensive prospects that I really, really like. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. But... I'm going to go ahead and end that, the stream here. Uh, I'm going to be back probably again tomorrow night um, with probably three more picks that I can go over. Um, much faster, much easier to do it here in a live stream than uh, make separate videos about all of them. So um, I just wanted to come on here, get that out the way, talk about the Austin Eckler situation as well, too, if there's any more news, any updates. I'm going to be getting to that as well. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and probably end it here, guys. This uh, audio version only uh, will be available on Spotify tomorrow. I'm going to put it on there tomorrow, um, and I'll upload it here uh, to YouTube tomorrow as well, too. Audio-only version. So um, Spotify and, sorry, Apple Podcasts as well, too. So it'll be available for you guys to uh, listen to. If you want to, go back to listen to something. Uh, maybe when you're at work or whatever, just be audio only. You won't see my face. You don't need to see my face, <clears throat> my ugly ass face. You don't need that. So um, thank you guys so much for joining me here. Um, I will be try to be back again tomorrow. I, I, I'll know at about noontime. I'll, I'll, I'll post something in the community tab to let you guys know that I will go live or not. So um, but that's been all for here for, for now. So thank you guys so much for joining me. Really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, till next time. So thank you guys and uh, enjoy the rest of your night.